I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello, happy new year and welcome to the WrestleTalk Magazine podcast. I am Adam Blompier, joined by the hardest working woman in all of sports infotainment, the Grinch, Miss Monopoly herself, Hollywood, Denise the Hammer Salcedo. Happy new year. Welcome. To the show. How did you remember all of that, Adam? got it written down i was about to say i don't remember all of those names i would have messed all of that up but you know what i will for this stream i want to specifically be known as mrs monopoly on this stream the queen of monopoly rustles my jimmies denise (laughs) Uh, i should also point out before we cack on with the show this episode is sponsored by beer 52 oh my god i got this through the post yesterday and i cannot wait a whole crate of craft beer uh to claim your free case of of craft beer head on over to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk there's the link you can see it uh but it's also at the top of the description uh they're amazing uh, i can't wait to crack this open uh not not right now it's 7 a.m here but uh, <laughs> you know in the royal rumble stream i'm going to be cracking open these delicious delicious beers are you a are you a beer drinker denise I am now with beer, with beer too, beer, beer 52. You shill, you. you shill so naturally for us, Denise. I, I, I am, terribly. I can be, I suppose. I am right now at Thursday, 11, 12 p.m. Well, hell, hell yeah. Crack them, crack open a swig of beers for the working men and women of WrestleTalk magazine podcasting. Oh my goodness. You know, it's funny for the person who just woke up, I'm messing up more considering that I've been awake all day. That's right. That's right. I was I I wake up ready to do this. You could tell by the huge bags under my eyes. I'm an old, old man. Not as old as Luke, though, who's um, having a week off. That's why I'm here, Uh, because Luke doesn't take any time off. You see, Denise, he's like you. He doesn't like doing it, Uh, but we forced him to. So, yeah, he's uh, he's got the week off. So I am here 
for one night only after my last appearance for one night only. And this time we're talking about Denise Salcedo's top five matches of 2020. We thought we'd do something a little differently. Uh, so instead of covering the most recent news story, Denise, we're going to run down your top five. I'm very excited. Are we just doing mine? I thought we were doing yours too. Well, I've already done my top 10. Oh, my, okay. My top, oh. my top 10 is on um, the, yeah, we did a, a like a list of my top 10 uh, last Sunday, I believe. That's, yeah, last Sunday. I, I know when I recorded ages ago. I can't remember when it was. No, it's all a blur, really. It's all, it's all a horrible, horrible blur. So basically, yeah, we're going to run down your uh, five through one, and then I'm going to mock you for your undoubtedly questionable choices, because again, you are a Monopoly fan, and therefore you have no taste. You know what? I'm insulted by that because Monopoly is so much fun. Like, come on, you get to buy land. You get to have a little person. You get to roll the dice. You get to, uh, you know, I'm always the bank, by the way. Always the bank. You are going to find having a mortgage so much fun, aren't you? <laughs> yes. And I'm going to have all of my Monopoly experience, which, by the way, that day that I shared that picture on Twitter, just real quickly. So me and my fiance were playing Monopoly and I cheated the whole game. <laughs> and on purpose I'm, on purpose so okay so here's the thing we got the cheaters version of monopoly but my fiance was like let's just play the regular version so we're like okay fine let's do as much as we possibly can the regular version of monopoly with this but i was still cheating because i was the bank so like every time you would turn around i would take like an extra couple of hundreds because i was losing money i was buying all this land and losing money so i started stealing the money when he wasn't looking and then finally when he started you know realizing it he's like where did you get all this money from? And I was like, I earned it. And it was so, I couldn't lie. I started laughing so much. I was crying. Well, in the end, I got caught cheating. So I got really mad and destroyed the entire board and nobody won because I lost it. <laughs> I got caught. I got really mad because I got caught. And I am the one who destroyed the board. That You're is so American, right? <laughs> I'm literally the the tyrant in Monopoly. Are you? You heal. Anyway, uh, let's let's run through your top five. Uh, I'll 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 lead you in. Number five. All right. So number five, I decided to go with this match, even though it's more of a cinematic type match. I decided to go with the stadium stampede just because I thought it was so much fun, and I genuinely was enjoying myself during this match because I was like, okay. What on earth are going to do? What are they going to do next? Like, it's literally balls to the wall. I want to know what's going to happen. So that is why I ended up putting this one at number five. Mm -hmm. Really, really good uh, match. It didn't make my top uh, of the, the year. But, like, it, yeah, it was so much fun. Uh, so, so much fun. Like, I, I, my, my increasing kind of burgeoning love affair with Adam Page, just, like, watching him do the, the buckshot over um, the guy's back uh, and then just sit at the bar and drinking, <laughs> pouring himself a whiskey. What? What a guy. Really, I mean, really there was even a horse in this. Come on, a golf cart and everything. Uh, so, I yeah. see Matt Hardy not get hurt in a, in a major AEW show. That was always nice. Also that. Are you kidding me? Number oh, oh. <laughs> I was waiting for the cue. All right, uh, number four, I decided to go with uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Suzuki from the G1 because that was my favorite match of the entire G1. So I decided to put it in here because I love those two and I love the match that they had. It was just hard hitting action, which is exactly what I was expecting from these two. 
Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, How you should it? watch it. It's really good. I mean, yeah, I, I, I try, I try and like, it's one of my New Year's resolutions. I'm gonna watch more New Japan, and I start with watching most of Wrestle Kingdom, which I still haven't yet. And I'm just like, I'm gonna do it, and then the G1 rolls around. And I'm like, I'm too busy, and I never there's end so up. There's so much wrestling, like there? there's so much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Number three. My number three uh, was AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Sami Zayn uh, when they had the triple threat ladder match. I loved that match, too. I thought it was very creative. I thought it was one of the best things WWE did all year. And I was a fan of it. And I remember being really hyped about it. So that is why I made it on to my number three. Heck, yeah. Jeff Hardy. I feel like you're him. judging my list, Adam. I'm I feel like you're judging. secretly judging my list. <laughs> Look, Denise, I've made no secret that I judge you as as the world judges you. But no, these are these are all very stellar. Um, I love that that triple threat. Jeff Hardy getting the kind of slightly unusual earring. Uh, I didn't think for a second they were going to go with Sami Zayn. I honestly didn't. I was just like, it's definitely going to stick with Jeff Hardy or AJ Styles, maybe. But no, like the one one night a year, they were just like, yeah, sod it. Sami Zayn, Intercontinental Champion, let's go. Uh, and you did him justice, too. He looked phenomenal in that match. Yeah, it wasn't like the, oh, man, WrestleMania. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. How do you, how'd you mess that up? Uh, but no, uh, really, really stellar match. Number two. Okay, so number two, I have to go with this match because it felt like a movie and it was definitely the Dragunov versus Walter match. I thought that one was a whole entire journey. I mean, it was just brutal, brutal, brutal violence legitimately. We always use this. We always say this, or at least I always say this, like, oh, two dudes killing each other. Nah, this was really two badass men just killing each other. Uh, we we have the exact same number two match of the year, Denise. Okay, yeah, I feel special now. We did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it, it's the lack of fans. That's what makes it really kind of so much more uncomfortable to watch. It's just like, because you, you are like, even in COVID era, you're conditioned to have like some fans there going, oh, uh, uh. but just fact is you see these slaps happening in silence. It's almost it's like, like you didn't need the crowd. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like proper old fashioned. Like I mean, a lot about uh, Walter, especially, is old fashioned. But just like yeah, proper studio wrestling, like uncomfortable southern promotion, like violence. But you know, like I I don't want to watch too much, you know, wrestling like that. But for what it was, like it got. I, I'm so happy that everyone. You know, especially after the 2020 that there's been, that everyone was talking about NXT UK in in, a, in such a positive light, if only for a week. Really beautiful, horrible, beautiful match. I agree. Horrible, beautiful. And now, drum roll, Denise Salcedo's number one wrestling match of 2020 was actually from Impact Wrestling. I know. Ooh. I decided to start off that way. So my favorite match of the year was really just because it got the biggest pop out of me. It was definitely Eric Young versus Rich Swan at Bound for Glory. I loved that match. And I felt like I was the I felt like I was one of the few people that really was putting this match over like on social media. People were like, oh, this is a good match. But like nobody 
nobody made the justice of it that it was a phenomenal match and I loved it I was genuinely so excited during it and I was just waiting to see what they were going to do next and everything that they did I was like popping hard for so that's the one that made me feel really good and a lot of these matches I you know you sometimes you forget all these like little intricate details of what happened but the thing that you most remember is how you felt while you were watching it how you felt afterwards and this is one of the ones where I like had like the most excitement level in me oh fantastic I like to my shame I still haven't seen it like I, I was so happy when Bound for Glory kind of got that huge you know um that burst in um uh, AEW and also the kind of like a lot of people left uh WWE of course so everyone was just like well who are we gonna see we're we gonna see Rusev are we gonna see who and who so yeah there was a lot more um or am I thinking of Slammiversary there I think I might be thinking Sla of uh, yeah I think yeah. you might be yeah I am I am thinking of Slammiversary there ignore me I'm <laughs> just so tired but even so all like impact has had a kind of slow increase uh of relevance this year which is fantastic to see because honestly more wrestling more wrestlers especially in the spotlight kind of elevating their stock especially kind of for uh, a crowd who may not have tuned in if AEW had you know shone the spotlight like it could only be good for the industry as a whole it really can. Uh, so yeah, I'm, yeah. Impact Wrestling having a something of a renaissance this year. That was a really lovely thing to see. I know. I feel like they have like up and down moments. Like they have those months where like are those pay per views like we mentioned that they're like on fire and then it kind of dwindles down a little bit. But then something else happens and they come back up. They're like on this like you know they really on a roller coaster. <laughs> They are. They are. Uh, so uh, before we kick into the mailbag, we're jumping into the mailbag a little bit earlier this episode, just because uh, we haven't been, uh, this show hasn't been on the air for the last two weeks. So there's a mailbag. It's a big old mailbag to get through. Uh, so we want to make sure that we get through as much of it as we can. But just before we kind of crack into uh, the beast, uh, 2021, Denise, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Adam, I know we just met, so you probably don't know me very well, but I live for like New Year's goals. Ooh. I have a 31, I have a 31 bullet point list of all my goals, dreams, wishes, desires for this year. Like some are really big and then some are like really pointless, but they mean a lot to me. So literally like 31. Are some of them to play a good board game? Is that one of your resolutions? No. You should give it a try. It's really, really like you'll be you'll be amazed how much fun you can have. You know, okay, so I have to tell you something. I'm guilty of doing something. So I was posting, okay, so I don't know if you saw, but that day that I posted the Monopoly, Monopoly picture, I was also playing a Royal Rumble game, right? And it was really cool, but I had to make a game up because I was reading the instructions of how to properly play. Please. And I could not for the life Please. of me get through the instructions. Oh. And I just got so frustrated. I gave up and I made up my own game. And Indeed. we just played it like that. And it didn't end up working out very well. But I don't like to read instructions. And that's why I can't necessarily be like an expert in board games. <laughs> <laughs> I have to play the simple ones like Candyland. <laughs> Candyland. I love Candyland. It's not a game. Literally, yes, it all is. the cards have been dealt. Like, literally, the winner has been decided by the stack of cards. There's no <laughs> gameplay at all. You're just do you're just turning over a card and doing what it says. I love Candyland, Monopoly. I like Connect Four. Connect Four is a great game. 
Yeah. Brilliant. Cluedo is a great game. Like there's like some really Go good Fish. classics. Go Fish is also good if you're, you know, a 50-year-old woman. But, you know. <laughs> hey, I play Go Fish. I play matching cards. Like when you, ma- you have to match the pair. I hate that game, but I play it. But I'm not. That's my extent of uh, board game knowledge. And I know I'm talking to the board games master. So I'm very, I'm a jobber. I'm like below jobber level here in this board game world. You're a young lion is what you are. Denise. I don't even we'll get... think I'm good enough to be a young lion. We'll, we'll get you there. We will fi- I'll find a way. I, I, I'll do it. Uh, everyone at WrestleTalk is now getting board games for Christmas and everyone's playing them in their off time. Like it's it's happening. The, the virus is spreading. Oh my God, that's the worst possible analogy I could have used. I'm, I'm genuinely so sorry. I mean, if any virus is going to spread, it might as well be the love of board games. I'll take that. I will take that virus. There's no vaccine for that. On to the mailbag. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> oh, the best and most thoughtfully put together show of the week. Uh, before we jump in, I, why not? Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk for your own free uh, trial case of craft beer. Uh, they'll deliver it to your door. Um, you can cancel anytime. Uh, I love Beer52, they are absolutely wonderful. 
Not only do they get you get eight lovely, lovely craft beers, uh, mixtures of IPA, some full-bodied stouts, but they also give you like this lovely little snack that you get. And it's always like really salty and goes really nicely with the beer. And they also give you a little magazine so you can see what your beer is. And it's it's nice. I like it. That's awesome. I love how they give you all this extra little stuff. I was like, oh, I was not expecting all that. I love I know, it. I know. A little bit goes a long way. All right. So jumping into the mailbag. Thank you so much for all your mail this week. Uh, Adam Gallic says, hello, Danuk. Uh, well, I was wondering, what would we call? Are we damn? We're team We're damn. Team damn. 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 Uh, I was wondering if <laughs> AEW ever pulled a JBL slash Kofi type move by taking someone deemed mid-card for, for, for life and making them the heavyweight champion, who do you think would be a good shout for that kind of spot? My pick would be Frankie Kazarian. I'd be happy with a gimmick overhaul a la JBL or just keep him as he is. I think either could work for him. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Denise? Like, it's sort oh. of like an AEW mid-carder who like that has to be like instantly promoted to the heavyweight title. I would probably go with two options, Ricky Starks or Scorpio Sky. I feel like those are two guys that can definitely be skyrocketed to the top and would do a, a do a good job. They would both they would each bring something totally different, but I think that those would be my two guys. Very good choices. Maybe well the thing is like just like they have to be kind of like mid card because MJF is like he's upper upper mid card right now, but you know there's future main event there. Um, maybe I don't know that I think there's future main event there as well. I think he's also an upper mid card. I was I was gonna say Wardlow, but he's not. I you wouldn't classify him as mid card. So mm. it's the classifications. Like I feel like because I was you know when I was thinking I feel like Scorpio Sky and Ricky Starks. Like even though Ricky Starks is getting you know more TV time. I would still maybe consider him more on the mid card level than obviously. So I would kind of I would consider Wardlow to be around that same level. Okay, yeah, I I think Wardlow would be absolutely brilliant. Like uh, as I, I think he is going to be AEW champion at some point, but no, he is uh, he, he is what Diesel could have been. Um, <laughs> which is not necessarily the strongest compliment you can pay a wrestler. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But hell, uh, really, really great big guy. All right, Peter Mullins says, hello, team Louise, or whoever is uh, subbing in for Luke. Uh, that would be me, hello. Uh, something struck me the other day whilst watching AEW and the team of the good, the bad, and the hungry, an inspired name, by the way. WWE used to come up with these great tag team names for random singles guys teaming up all the time, and I genuinely miss it. My question is this, do you ever have, or can you think of a great tag team name for two wrestlers? By way of an assist, here are actual tag teams that won the wwe tag titles back in the day like cm punk and kofi kenzo suzuki and Rene dupree cody and drew rico and rikishi um rikoshi there you go right there uh william regal and eugene matt hardy and mvp spike dudley and taz eddie guerrero and tajiri wwe is freaking weird man uh so yeah we need to come up with some joke tag team names so for... we're making one up yes we're on the spot here, Denise. So who are the people that we're putting together? Uh, literally like any of those, like he gave us like a starter list of like randomly thrown together tag teams. I think he, I think he basically wants us to create another team. Hell no. Basically. Oh, I see. That's okay. I'm trying to think of everybody's names here really quick. As fast as I, my brain can work. <laughs> CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Um, Punkston. <laughs> <laughs> CM King. 
CM King is not is not bad. Punkston. Punkston. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a kind of like a rowdy teen in like a teen comedy. Like the uh, the dean would hate the oh, Punkston. Punkston sounds to me like they could play off like a punk type of band, you know, punk wrestlers. I, I don't know. It just sounds their like... own version of the Misfits. Oh, it just sounds like the sort of like what CM Punk's shield would be made out of. Like they like Marvel made up vibranium. He he's got a shield made out of tungsten. Or it kind of sounds. You know what else it sounds like? Like a flavor of like a fancy Starbucks coffee. Like yes, I will oh, yeah. have a tall tungsten, please. <laughs> <laughs> Non-fat tungsten. Well, I, I we're not going to beat tungsten then. Okay, um, let's let's skip. Uh, how about uh, Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre? Hmm. Road entire? Actually, Road that, sounds like, that sounds like a like a like a shop to go fix your car. Road entires. <laughs> like, okay, uh, Cody Drew. Cody Drew. Cody Drew. Drody. Drody. Yes, Drody. Drody. That doesn't sound like a tag team name. It sounds more like just like a regular name. Like, hey, Drody, what's up? Drody, my man, Drody. Drody. I mean, R- Rico and Rikishi, I think is, that's got to be Rikoshi, surely. Um, I, Matt Hardy and MVP, maybe. Oh, MV1. There you go. That's a good one. I like that. There you go. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody dab in like three years. <laughs> I could floss too if that would help. Can you really? Uh, not, not, not in my chat. Hang on. <laughs> I mean, we can kind of see. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Congratulations right. on your flossing skills. I appreciate the support. I always do appreciate your support, uh, Denise. I know you're in my corner. Uh, Michael Plowman uh, says, "Mailbag. I know this will get lost with the holiday shuffle. This is December twenty second. This is from that's how far back this mailbag goes. Uh, I know this will get lost with the holiday shuffle, but inspiration hit me, and I had to ask this to you." What's an interesting way you can think of for a money in the bank cash in? I'll go back to TLC. Have Miz, son's briefcase, and Morrison comes down, come down as if to help AJ. They attack Drew and try to handcuff him to the ring post. Having trouble, they get AJ to help and do uh, succeed in cuffing Drew to the ring post. Then they cuff AJ to the same ring post. Miz then pulls the briefcase from under the ring to cash in and win the belt easily. I know Miz is unpopular, but this could have gotten the fans talking. Plus chicken S word, Miz, and a triple threat at the Rumble isn't a bad way to go gracias uh tardia feliz navidad <laughs> how how's my spanish it's it's i understood what you were saying there you go i wasn't more. like what is he saying i understood you were trying to say feliz navidad yeah exactly what more do you need um so that i think yeah the um in, okay what is the what is a good way for ms to cash in money in the bank are you excited about ms mr money in the bank well, I'll give you my answer and then you can come up. Then you can tell me if I'm excited. How about this? The Miz's entrance music hits. He comes out. He gives the referee the money in the bank. He says, I'm in. Right? Right. And then the referee says, no, you're awful. You're done. We out. This is over. <laughs> you gone. The ref goes Nobody rogue. wants to see this. There you go. That's my brilliant creative idea. Wow. Damn, man. I'm not a fan of this. 
And now I can, I've been mm. like totally like anti this whole Ms. Money in the Bank thing. So there, that's the best I can possibly do. And that'd be the most interesting thing I can imagine. Damn, man. Damn, that was that was that was hardcore. Uh, I I the only thing that I'm interested for, and I'm not particularly interested in Namiz necessarily doing this. I would have been more interested in someone like if if Dolph had done this back in the day. But it's like the only story they haven't really told with Money in the Bank. I think is the time running out. Like they keep, like keep trying to do it. I think if they do. Right. And I know people aren't excited about Miz having the briefcase. But I get it. Um, but like if they keep doing it, if the Miz keeps kind of like legally getting the briefcase back, keeps like trying to cash in, keeps failing and it gets to May. Like, I, I know that sounds awful, doesn't it? It sounds like such a long time to drag this out, but it gets to May and literally the, the, like, the clock is going to run out. He's got so like at money in the bank basically by the end of the money in the bank pay-per-view miz is told you will uh officially like it will expire so he the entire show he's going insane trying to cash in this money in the bank briefcase and like that he does it he does like literally at the end of the show right at the end of the show miz finally manages to cash in the money in the bank briefcase and then the person who won the money in the bank briefcase earlier in the night cashes in on the miz and becomes the new champion. Cashes in on the cash-in. Cashes in on the cash-in. It's the only thing I think they haven't done. That would be cool. That would be really cool. uh, Better than my idea. I mean, it's less less mean than your idea. I don't know if it's necessarily better. (laughs) I was just trying to think of a way to end it and not even have to see anything happen. I think Luke would appreciate your idea more. (laughs) He (laughs) He is. He is not a fan of Mr. Money in the Bank. Oh, good. We haven't even had a chance to discuss this, so good. Well, you've made it painfully obvious on Twitter how much you miss Luke. Thanks, Denise. I'm just hey, kidding. I didn't it. mean that. As yeah. me, okay, me missing Luke did not mean that I didn't want to do this show with you. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I woke yeah. up and I saw your comment. And obviously I saw it like 50 years later because of like time zones and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, that's, I didn't even think about this. <laughs> so I think I just gave you like a like or something. I don't know what the heck happened. <laughs> just, uh, I think, or maybe just like one of those kind of like, one of those emo- emoticons, emojis, whatever they're called, you know, with the smiley <laughs> face. Oh, I, don't. I was half asleep. I was looking at Twitter. I was like, what did I miss while I was sleeping? Like, like. Waking up, waking up at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> but no, I definitely did not mean I did not want to do this show with you. Uh-huh. Okay, whatever. I'm, hey, I included I... you in my Easter egg video. That was me saying, Adam, I know you. I appreciate <laughs> you. You're part of this madness. <laughs> okay, saying Adam Hart's monopoly is you knowing me and appreciating me. Is it delightful? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the shout out. Uh, <laughs> we have fun here. Uh, Nate drop surname says, hello, Team Danuke slash Team Dam. I am a huge Seinfeld fan. I was so excited to hear about Denise enjoying the show. It's my all time favorite sitcom, and one of my all time favorite shows overall. My questions are, who is your favorite character and what is your favorite lie or shenanigans from uh, line, I think, or shenanigans from the show? Uh, some of mine are Elaine killing off the non-existent Susie, George taking fake donations for Christmas gifts or making up his place in the Hamptons, complete with horses, Snoopy and prickly feet. And anytime Kramer <laughs> pretends to be H.E. Pennypacker, Dr. Van Nostrand or other aliases. Remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. George, or maybe it is like. Uh, thanks for what is consistently one of the best shows, pods of the week. You always make me laugh. 
Oh, Do you watch Seinfeld? I so I've seen all but the last season of Seinfeld. I got oh, all, okay, I, all, okay. I got all the DVDs. Like it's been it's been a while. It's been like 10 years since I've watched it, but like some of those episodes just like it's just ping out. Like I think it's the one my like my favorite one. It just rings so horribly true is the the big salad. Oh, the one where Elaine wants to get the big salad but she can't she, I think she doesn't like she doesn't want to go to the restaurant that doesn't have the big salad. It's so like I just just the how much the show fixates on just like tiny, wonderful, mundane, and like inventing yada yada yada. Like oh yeah, yada yada yada. Damn the legacy of that show. I mean, like the contest is one of my favorite sitcom episodes, like ever. Just the way it's Kramer, Kramer leaving and then coming back in literally a minute and just go, I'm done. And just like the the how long it takes for the audience to calm down is just so delightful. I really, really love it. Uh, what about you, Denise? Run us through so, some of your favorite Seinfeld moments. My favorite Seinfeld moments. And one of the first ones was when Elaine was in the subway because she's going to the lesbian wedding because she's the, I forgot what she is, but she's in the subway and she's trying to make it to the wedding. But instead the subway breaks down. So like, she's just there having like a meltdown and she's so pissed off. And she's like, you could hear like her, her voiceover narration. And then she's like, someone's touching me. And then like, just the way that she was freaking out in that subway ride was so freaking funny so that that's that segment i like the one where george burns his milky beautiful hands the one where i the girl that made the pirate shirt pushes him and then like he goes into the iron and he just burns his hands <laughs> that's a really good one and then um okay i forgot which one i don't know if you saw this episode the one where uh the racer the guy that's gonna be running that he missed the olympics because he slept in late so then Jerry ends up being the one that has to wake him up. I forgot his name, but he doesn't wake him up on time. And he comes up and he's like, wake up, wake up. We missed the alarm. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember my favorite moments. Oh, my God. I forgot the guy's name. And I'm sure I'll remember it afterwards once I'm done with this. But I need like a couple episodes more. I'm almost done with season nine. So I'm almost there. And I also like the one where uh, where Kramer goes to Los Angeles and he's 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 uh, they think he's the serial killer. And they come at his door, they open the door, and I just love the shot with, like, everybody there. And then you just see Jerry in the back just waving at him. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked um, how... Uh, I think they, they they talked about it in like one of the behind the scenes commentaries or like a, just like a, an interview about it. It's just like, we really liked, we fell on this, like into this trap, like this narrative kind of running joke for Jerry that things just end up fine for him. Like terrible things happen to Elaine or brilliant things happen to Elaine and terrible things happen to George. Uh, and like occasionally brilliant things happen to Kramer. Everything just sort of works out for Jerry, which I really like is just like a running joke. I think it's one where he's like on a flight or in the airport and like everyone else is going through chaos and Jerry's just like- The oh. airplane, the one where Elaine, he's in first class and Elaine isn't stuck in coach. I love that episode. It's really, really good. Also, every single time I go to a public bathroom, which is not often, obviously, like I think it's been close to like six months since I've, I've been to one now because yay lockdown. But like literally every time I go to one, I think of that episode of uh, Seinfeld. It's like a tiny little moment where he just walks in and he just takes off his belt and he says, well, the uh, the tip of my belt touched the side of the urinal today. So it's gone and then just puts it in the <laughs> bin. And I was just like, yeah. That is how I would feel if the tip of my belt touched the side of the urinal. <laughs> oh, lovely. I God, I love I love Seinfeld. Is it your favorite sitcom? 
Uh, I haven't decided yet because I still really love Friends. I, I'm a big Friends fan and I do love How I Met Your Mother a whole lot too. So I, and I do love that. Well, I, that 70s show isn't my favorite, but I do love that one as well. But I still think that I still love How I Met Your Mother and Friends just a little bit more. It's got to be Frasier for me. I That's the one I'm all. watching next. Oh man, like it's some of the best fuss. You, it's so, 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 so good. Like the first five seasons of Frasier are like, oh, they're so amazing. I love, I love Frasier so much, which, you know, every, everyone kind of looks at me and says, oh, of course he likes Frasier, the big posh bastard. But no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such good, silly farce is, is the reason why I love it. Uh, Lawrence says, hey gang, hope all are well in what is hopefully the tail end of this pandemic. Uh, here is something I think you missed in the Omni Flare return. WWE have perfected the screw job because Vince and Creative just repeated the Mania 35 ask a screw job with oddly enough, almost this exact same cast. Super fast recap. About a week or more before Mania 35, they royally screwed Asuka by moving Flair from Raw to SmackDown, having Flair challenge for and win the SmackDown Women's title so Flair could go into the main event as champion and Asuka could go on to lose on the pre-show. This time, it is Lana in the Asuka role who got screwed out of a possible planned tag title run. WWE saw that Charlotte would be back at this time, so they wrote Lana's injury into the story to remove her from the pay-per-view. Once again, Flair was added to the match. Just like 35, no forethought or planning went into this whatsoever. It was all purely random and done at the last minute, so Shane and Nia made to look like chumps. Any plan for a Lana Asuka title run got scrapped. Any Lana puts Nia through a table plans are trashed. And it was all done just so they could put another belt on Flair. The screw job perfected. Stay safe and jam that jam. Not even a question. Just really, really angry about Charlotte. Like, man, I don't know. Like, Lana, Lana's storyline this year, uh, I think it would be generous to compare it to to Asuka's run last year. Um, Because, yeah, I'm sure Asuka and Lana would have won the the titles in a table match at TLC with uh, Lana pushing Nia Jax through a table. I'm sure that was the the payoff. And, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I see more money in Charlotte and Asuka as can they coexist champions. Like it's it's a done storyline, but I, I I see more of a return in Charlotte. Like even even rushed kind of like out of nowhere, out of the blue, back and put the belt on a Charlotte than I do in a Lana thing right now. And I that, maybe that makes me sound bad. I'm not sure. How do you feel? I just think that that Lana necessarily doesn't. I, I have to agree with you. Yeah, I think that there's definitely, and I know people don't want to see Charlotte as champion again because they've seen it, they've been there, and it just feels like it's the same thing over and over. But at the end of the day, I still think that Charlotte is a different competitor from Lana, and that is why I didn't wouldn't necessarily go with putting the belt on Lana. Uh, especially right now, the belt, the Raw Women's Championship hasn't been looking that great. The Oscars run, unfortunately was not necessarily the greatest and that's obviously not her fault but it was not the greatest and so I do think that they need to revive that belt because it's slowly or maybe steadily moving down and that's not good they need to get that belt back up to mean something and with the whole Asuka, Nia Jax, Shayna, Lana situation it really didn't feel like it felt like a very last minute decision when they brought in Charlotte to be the mystery tag partner with Asuka and have her win. I didn't feel like it was like the right spot for Charlotte to come on in. And I get it now with their like, you know, teasing this whole thing with Charlotte and Asuka. But at that moment, to me, it didn't really feel like this was the spot to put Charlotte in. 
Yeah, I, I like Lana could be a star. Anyone can be a star with the right booking and presentation. Like that's just the truth of it. Uh, I, you know, like that. Yeah, like you said, the Raw Women's Division doesn't have a division really. Like, what? Who? Who has been the major stars now that you know we've got? Because obviously, Sasha and Bailey are both on SmackDown. Becky's gone. Shayna has been incredibly devalued since the beginning of the year. Uh, like all, all I can like. The, you need to like inject another star back into that division to make the belt yeah more prominent and charlotte as, as much as you may be not you know not enthused to see her in the tag in, in in the title picture she's a star man like you say she's not the, she's not a competitor on the level of of lana she is possibly the biggest star that they have even more so than Asuka even more so maybe than Sasha and Bailey Charlotte is just because you know she's been steadily promoted in that spot for years you know she she you know until Becky comes back she still might be the biggest star that they've got so you know it's Wrestlemania season yeah, uh, yeah man uh, like I like it, unless Becky is willing to come back at the Rumble like who else wins the rumble you know like that's the thing is that i don't want to see charlotte win two rumbles back to back but who else is there you know like maybe maybe you could like hot shot someone and use the rumble to to make a star that's probably a better choice but like in terms of like proper wrestlemania marquee match stars you know, yeah, this shouldn't be the way it is. WWE should have gone all in on Shayna Baszler. You know, they they should have, you know, kept Asuka, you know, strong. But right now, Charlotte's the biggest star you've got, and it's it's mania season, so. Yeah, I think the only alternative or the person that I think should win, it should really be Rhea Ripley. Like, she should be the one that, like you said, hot shot her to the top, have her win the Rumble. I think that's the one that everybody, I think that's the match, the Charlotte match that people would want to see. Yeah, Rhea's, Rhea's revenge would be really, really good. That's, that's such a good call, actually. Yeah, they got to do it. It feels like that's the natural selection, right? But you know the natural selection isn't oh, always. Oh, very good. Natural what? selection. Oh, that's very good. Oh, you Denise. know it never happens, oh, though. That's so oh, Although, it did happen with Drew, actually. It yeah. did happen with Drew. So I think if, yeah, like Rhea eliminating charlotte from the rumble and then maybe charlotte i think is then again you are sort of relegating Asuka to an uh, afterthought if you know if, if before wrestlemania charlotte gets the title and then it's rhea versus charlotte like i i think it would be great i'd i'd like to see i i think i'd like to see, what would you rather see charlotte versus Asuka at mania or charlotte versus rhea charlotte versus rhea all the way all the way 100 for me yeah i think so yeah. All right. I'm sold. You've done it. Well done. Denise. I did it. All I said was yes. And you were sold. You know, you I should sell you a car. I think it'd be easy. <laughs> uh, what about this understeel coating? Ooh. Um, right. Jamie Donovan has given us oofed a straight page of text. So I'm going to I'm going to redo this as quick as I can. Uh, hey, Luke and Denise, or should I say Team Danuke? Love the name. Been a pledge hammer since some first time mailbag question. Wanted to make sure it was a good one for you guys. Sorry in advance if this is a bit long winded. 
So since AEW has begun, Vince and WWE have stated it's a blood and guts promotion and they are not worried about them. They Then they decide to run NXT live alongside AEW on Wednesday nights. Uh, clearly still not worried. Throughout the course of the year, they traded ratings back and forth between them. But like in 96, the ratings gap becomes greater and AEW starts taking the lead. Now over the last couple of months, I feel like the WWE product we are seeing is slowly turning into a cheap knockoff of AEW. What first made me think this is the... Uh, is the arrival of Retribution and Ali being revealed as the leader, Karkov, exalted one. Retribution's whole gimmick is that they've been forgotten about, uh, shunned, thrown aside until Ali saved them and gave them their faces. Now rewind the clock back to the start of Dark Order and AEW and their recruitment ad stating, do you feel unappreciated, shunned by society, then join the Dark Order. Then after some weeks, Brody Lee is revealed as the true leader. Retribution some months later, same MO, then Ali arrives as the real leader. Seems, to be, uh, seems too similar to be a coincidence, but I thought maybe I'm reading too much into this. That was until the last two weeks of smackdown leading into tlc so carmella returns with a new gimmick seems quite cool and different and to be honest quite interesting so i think okay i'm into this two weeks before tlc carmella has a toast to sasha where she keeps talking about champagne and ends the segment bottling sasha with a little bit of the bubbly since that point seems like all the promos involving champagne or bottling sasha with champagne now at the point of me writing this i've not seen the smackdown after tlc but seems to me her character is very champagne centered all of a sudden just like le champion i think uh one this isn't quite as obvious as retribution becomes a few months after my first suspicion it is still early days and more to be seen with the character nevertheless cannot be a coincidence once again it seems to me the last few months ww have started subtly changing or debuting characters very close to what we see from the so-called blood and guts promotion which suggests they are worried about AEW's popularity growing and are trying to fall back to their strategy from the 90s in an attempt to bring some fans back like with wcw changing their product to be more mainstream to bring fans back only this time it will not work as all it seems to be doing is they're copying programs got over an AEW but hey this is all speculation on my part I think it's an interesting, interesting theory we'd love to hear your guys thoughts on my conspiracy theory whether you think it could be true or if I'm wearing a tinfoil hat while writing this hope you had a Merry Christmas Happy New Year once again sorry for the long email god damn it I could be right love you guys keep jamming that jam problem solver Jamie Donovan oof oof um well um hmm, I don't know about this uh like i have do you have mixed emotions i feel like you might have mixed emotions i have mixed emotions like to be like look i'm sure the wwe is worried about aew i think wwe knowing kind of what we know about ww i'd say they're simply more worried about their own failures than aew successes um they have been told to make their product you know more adult more uh, adult themed uh, which will inevitably draw comparisons with the more adult themed AEW I think both shows having champagne on them like six months apart is a little tinfoil hattish uh, Retribution you could maybe compare to the Dark Order but again Retribution came out of the news which is what made Retribution much more gross. Like, if you want to talk conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theories of WWE, you know, that they, they were trying to do Antifa. They weren't trying to do the Dark Order. Um, so, like, that, that's, that's worse, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, like, do is WWE trying to rip off AEW? Like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of, there's a lot of wrestling tropes under the sun. Um, and I think champagne and a big kind of guerrilla warfare faction i don't think that's an i don't think those are the comparisons to draw if you are going to draw comparisons what do you think Nadine? 
I have to agree. I think that it is. I get it in the champagne thing just because the thing is that Jericho has branded it. So that's why your brain automatically goes to the champagne, to connects the two things. But it's champagne. At the end of the day, it's the go-to thing for A, if you're trying to portray someone who's like, you know, fancy, luxurious, or, you know, a very, you know, like the Carmella character, you know, the, the flamboyance, or, you know, a team is winning and bam, they got to celebrate with champagne. It's something that's so embedded into the culture that you can't necessarily say, oh, well, this person owns it, or this person can only do stuff with champagne. Again, our minds go there because Jericho has branded, you know, the whole bubbly thing and all of that. And I think that you can, I think that it might be a sense where you're probably looking for things or, you know, trying to make these connections of, Oh, they're stealing content or stealing ideas because you can kind of do it on the other end too. Cause I remember, when they announced that Roman Reigns, Jay Uso was going to be a Hell in a Cell I Quit match, I think a week or two after that, it was announced that the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley match was going to be an I Quit match. And I remember thinking like, you know, the opponent, the rivals already doing an I Quit match and they're doing it in this big platform with, you know, Roman Reigns, who's their top star. And now they're doing it too. Obviously two different types of matches with the, the Hell in a Cell and no Hell in a Cell. All right, but that was one of the things that I thought about too. But if I were to sit there and say, oh, they're stealing ideas from WWE, I think it would be crazy to say that because it was something that I think was coincidental, but at the same time could also be like, well, you know, they did do it first and you got to keep an eye out on the competition. So maybe come up with a backup plan just in case, you know? But I do think that would be judging them too harshly on both sides. Like I wouldn't judge, you know, AEW for, I wouldn't say AEW stealing ideas from WWE just because of that one example. And I wouldn't necessarily say the same thing about Carmella having the champagne, and, you know, Jericho having the bubbly thing. Again, it's champagne. And it's funny because when Carmella was doing that, Taylor Swift came out with a song called Champagne Problems. So did Katy Perry, a song called Champagne, champagne Problems. So everybody was all about the champagne. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take Potato to make her way to sashay into this conversation. It had to. You brought up the shit. The viewer brought up the champagne. I mean, I, I can't believe we haven't done your top five Taylor Swift albums that dropped in 2020. Had, like, Lumineck, quite a few. Well done, Tate. It's been <laughs> Someone was born in lockdown. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been like, it's been stressful just because I was doing like all the videos for it. And I was like, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Taylor, please. <laughs> Give me a break here. <laughs> uh, Marcus Sol Campbell says, Happy New Year, Team Danuk. If there is an episode before the year is out, there was not. What changes to the wrestling industry do you, we think will happen in 2021? And what change to the industry in 2020 excited you the most? Hmm. excited me the most was the fact that they found an alternative to no audiences allowed i'm glad that they created the thunderdome i'm glad that AEW found a way to get around you know the you know the rules and whatnot or not get around the rules but found a way to make it work for people that makes any sense i'm glad that they did that and in terms of what i would like to see be changed for 2021 i mean the answer is obvious i hope and pray that we eventually get to the point where you know, we can have live audiences, which to be honest, I may not have a lot of hope for that this year, but I still have some hope there. So I don't know. I think you know, like 
I think late. I think SummerSlam very maybe not Mania, uh, not Royal Rumble. They've they've confirmed not Rumble. I'm sure Vince wants Mania, but it's still too too early. Um, maybe SummerSlam, but I I I think it's almost nailed on. And I've got a terrible feeling people are going to use the soundbite against me in the future. But I think it's I think Survivor Series will be in front of a live crowd. God, I I, I hope so, but I hope it's done in the in the you know appropriate way where you know everybody can feel safe and like hey like all right we're back woo you know not yeah. in a ooh I don't know if I could attend type of way. Absolutely, WrestleMania 38 I think will be our first Mania back in front of a live crowd, and I oh I wonder what they're going to do for it in terms of what changed the industry in yeah in in 2020 uh like i agree like just making it work like i i you know i i, I guess i would love to see a union <laughs> you know that would be oh, that would yeah. be a change to the industry that i would really appreciate but i think 2021 is just going to be all about like just yeah the protocols in place for getting fans back safely like i just want to make sure that it's done responsibly um so that like the if you don't do it responsibly now it's going to be much later that you do get to do it responsibly. Like that's, that's the thing, like, you know, don't rush it because you will end up just hurting yourself and pushing it further and further and further back. That's just how it works. Like, you know, if, if you cause another spike, we lock down again. So just let's ride it out. Maybe SummerSlam, probably Survivor Series. All right. <laughs> Josh B17 says, hi, Januk. Uh, there's been tons of great NXT takeover matches over the years with the more well-known ones being Banks versus Bailey. Uh, oh, yeah, over the years, not over the year. Uh, and the Champa versus Gargano series. My question is, what do you think is the most underrated takeover match of all time? I can't decide between Gargano versus Andrade at Philadelphia and the UE versus Lorcan and Birch at Chicago too. Hope you both had a great Christmas and New Year. Ooh. I don't know. This is a hard one because I feel like all the matches that I thought were good, everyone thought they were good. Mm. I think so. Um, like, I think Gargano versus Andrade is, I think it's difficult to call that underrated. It may not kind of be mentioned in the same breath as Gargano Champa, but like match got five stars. I thought it was pretty appreciated in its time. Um, in terms of like, Again, like all the really good ones set the community aflame because the NXT uh, fan base is so passionate. I remember uh, one, I guess, that people don't talk about as much is uh, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. Love oh, okay. Love that match. Just See, um, I don't remember it that much. So for me, I'm like, hmm. It was really, really good because they were paying off a thing. Like it, it's... Maybe it's not remembered as much because there's there's a storyline element to it, which was paying off something on TV. And I know not everyone watches NXT on TV. They just watch the takeovers. But there was one bit where on TV where um, uh, Trent Seven threw in the towel for Tyler Bate. Or it was possibly the other way around. Tyler Bate threw in the towel for Trent Seven. Can't remember. <laughs> one, one of Mustache Mountain threw in the, in the towel. And then um, Trent Seven had the towel at, you know, on the apron at the takeover and was, was gonna, uh, was, you know, doing the kind of the whole, oh, forsooth. Uh, and then, in, and then he decided to throw it away from the ring and then just put his hand out and like try and go for the hot tag and try and, you know, uh, cheer Tyler on. I, I thought that was really, really lovely stuff. Like, and yeah, it's like, it's not in the same kind of uh, breath. People don't mention it as like, you know, some of the great tag matches like Yui versus Bros Awaits 
or um, Alistair Black and Ricochet versus War Raiders. But yeah, that, that, that would be my pick. I like it. I think it's a good pick because even when you mention it, it was like one of the furthest away from my mind. Awesome. Uh, do you have uh, any any in mind or shall we would you like to move on? No, I don't think I have to sit down and really think about this one, honestly, because even I was going to say I remember really enjoying God. But this one, it doesn't really count because it was untelevised at the time. So it doesn't really count. And it was oh, it was Sasha versus Bailey, by the way. And this was but it wasn't televised. So I can't count it. Wait, which one? Sasha versus no, Bailey? Actually, never mind. It was Sasha Banks Charlotte. Dang, I forgot. Okay, so this was um it was WrestleMania weekend in uh San San Francisco, Santa Clara. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, that show, I don't think it was televised. And I was there because I was there in the live audience. And I think it was definitely actually Charlotte Sasha. Was that the one where uh, Hideo Itami hit the GTS for the first time? I think so. Okay. I think so. I don't know. You might. Someone might want to fact check that one on me. But I, because I remember like that night, I was so tired, but I was still at the show, and I remember being at such a great show, and it was one of my first like events that I had actually like NXT events that I had actually attended live in person. So, but that whole day, I was like exhausted because we drove up to San Francisco like super early in the morning. So by the time the show came around, I was like. You know, but I still remember that match being really good. But it doesn't really count though, because it was it was not televised. But no one's talking about it because again, it wasn't televised. All right, well, seek it out if you can find it. Uh, Reese uh, Degnan says, "Hey, Team Danuk, hope you're both well and set to enjoy your New Year's with your respective partners." Side note: When will Denise meet Mrs. Owens? By everything Luke has said, it sounds like they will get on like a house on fire uh what are your opinions on tony khan's appearances on impact and how it relates to kenny's belt collector story personally i'm not a fan as he keep mentioning how he could stop omega if he wanted and i feel it takes agency away from kenny implying he is only doing it by the grace of tony instead of the two decade plan we are being presented kind regards and happy new years reese degnan so think? i like the appearances with tony khan that he was doing on impact because i thought they were pretty funny yeah he's really good at it yeah, I liked it. I mean, it came across like as like a, I don't know how to explain it because it was like the business side of him, but at the same time, like the, hey, like we're doing this collaboration, so we might as well do something fun with it. And I think it was sort of unexpected. At least I didn't really expect it. So I liked it. Yeah, I think if you're like that storyline, I think, especially like with the, with Don Callis and like going all the way back to like New Japan and all that stuff, like it's, it's a it's a an angle they're really trying to root in reality and like have that you know like they're, they're promotion hopping so they want to be just like well we wouldn't need one kind of overarching narrative continuity to it and i think like if they're really trying to tell this story obviously tony khan would have something to say and like i think including some of that business language talking about contracts and injunctions uh, I don't know. Just for me, that's just nice flavor. I don't think it robs Kenny of his agency because I think uh, you see all the agency you want in the ring. Like Kenny is uh, on fire, like generally like the hottest pro wrestler in the world, perhaps maybe except for Kota Ibushi or Jay White. Like right now, Kenny Omega is the man. And I don't think anything Tony Khan has done has put even the slightest damper. On oh, that. no. Yeah, uh, definitely not. For me, I just, I love, I love more than anything, I just love Tony Schiavone in those, in those segments. Yeah, <laughs> so y'all are funny. 
they're really really good uh no i i think i think they're really funny um i think they're really great uh henrik jansen says hello miss grinch and ad name here uh i really want to thank you all at wrestle talk and all the guests you have for the amazing content you've given especially during christmas time uh, i celebrated alone to slow the spread in sweden it sucked uh when are you going to rename the podcast to denise salcedo presents the denise salcedo wrestle talk podcast featuring denise salcedo really thank you you guys have been a shining light from last few years making it okay to feel down and not happy all the time love all your shows on all your channels and all of you so many thanks again love from sweden i'm sure the rebrand is coming isn't it denise i think luke would be very angry i don't think he'd want to be the lead host in the denise salcedo presents the denise salcedo show i think i think luke would be very very upset at that and might want some name credits on there i think that uh, absolutely luke would be on board with the rebrand he's such a kind giving soul that if you just told him like literally next podcast you do with him like a week from today if you told him oh, oh by the way luke uh adam and i uh we agreed and the fans agreed that the show's now called the denise salcedo experience that he would just go for it so i think yeah at the beginning of next week's show we should officially rechristen oh, this no. the denise salcedo experience you want to know like <laughs> The number one thing that like you always see in wrestling, and this goes like in all forms, whenever you have somebody booking, they all the like the booker, you always have him put himself over in a match. Like you always see that in wrestling. That's how I would feel. I'd feel like the booker that's putting myself over in the match. And, you know, even if I shouldn't be the top guy, I'm putting myself over. Don't tell me. Don't tell me you don't want this. <laughs> the Denise Salcedo experience featuring Luke, that guy. <laughs> Not even yeah. put his last name, just Luke, that guy. Featuring that guy. Yeah. yeah. Denise, Take out Luke, just that guy. Featuring Denise, etc. Denise yeah. and friends. <laughs> etc. Yeah, I, I think so it's I think sad. It's like, yeah, new new year, new podcast. We need a rebrand. There it is. The Denise Alcedo experience. Love it. Gosh, Get so it trending. People would hate me. <laughs> well, you know, like I I already judge you. So why not just add more people to that list? I know. Just keep bringing it on, man. Bringing it on. Yeah, you know it. Like, you know, it's so much better to be hated than respected. That's what The Undertaker taught us way back in 2002. Um, Jonathan, the headmaster, headman says, hello, team, uh, whoever this week is. I hope you had a wonderful festivities of merrymaking. Uh, question in a couple parts. Do you have a favorite wrestler's entrance music? If so, what? Second question. Do you have that? Uh, do you have one that live is awesome, but just as a song is meh and vice versa? For me, favorite song is the evil Doink the Clown. As for the live, Jungle Boys is awesome, and in uh, but in CD is Meh. Oh, very interesting. Uh, so, first of all, do you have a favorite wrestler's entrance music? Triple H, the game. It's a classic. And in person, Brock Lesnar's because that one you get to do the little Brock Lesnar dance. <laughs> yeah, that one exactly. I, I would pay solid money to see Denise doing the proper. <laughs> oh, God, no. I always laugh seeing like grown dudes do it like at live events. I always like look around. It's it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> what about uh, you? Uh, Metalingus. Call me yeah. call me basic, but edges. Uh, and like I, I listen to it like as a song like you know if i if i'm going jogging or if anything i will put metalingus on like as a song it's great i love cult of personality like these are all just good songs that ww just happen to use in terms of like an entrance music like i really love um johnny gargano's oh yeah yeah 
I like that one too. In terms of like um, which song is like better live than it is on CD, like this one's good on CD. It's really good on CD, but it's so much better live. It's glorious. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I remember going to see uh, Takeover. I think it was Takeover Orlando, maybe. And just like that, that was the first one of the first takeovers to feature Bobby Roode. And everyone was just literally what one of the selling points of buying a ticket for that takeover is we get to do glorious live. We all get to sing it live. Uh, and that was just a beautiful experience to be part of that crowd. I think you feel glorious singing the song. Like everyone feels like it's them. Yeah, I want to be on that pedestal just very slowly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you have one that is live that is like, Oh, you said uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, Brock Lesnar. Very, very nice. On CD, I have too many, like all of them. <laughs> I've only got one WWE music CD, you know, which is the one with what? the, it's the wrong with the, that had the bonus track of The Rock talking about pie. Volume 5. Volume 5. Very good. Uh, but yeah, that one had metal on it, I think. That one had um, You Look Fly Today, which is you- such a great song. I can't remember what else was on that album. That was my first one that I ever got, the Volume 5 CD. That was my first wrestling CD. And then afterwards, I got Volume 4, so I got it backwards. And then I had Forcible Entry, which was the best. And then I had the Anthology CD, which was the uh, Now, Then, Forever, something something like that. No, it wasn't like – actually, it wasn't Now, Then, Forever. Whatever. They named it, like, all, like, differently. Uh, But then that three-disc one, amazing. Very, very nice. Dwayne the Gronk Johnson says, hey guys, happy 2021. Thought I'd ask a random non-wrestling question this week. Do you guys have any food habits that other people might find odd that you find? Oh, oh God. I feel like this question was made for me. I know. Like, I already know like Every- some of the hor- horrendous things. Horrendous? Out of horrendous? Horrendous. Um, for example, have you been I lo- seeing Luke's videos? Like, I don't get me wrong, the Denise Sal Snackos that uh, we see Luke do, does, they're amazing. Absolutely check them out. It, um, at, this is Luke Owen on Twitter if you haven't already seen them. I'm sure you have if you're watching this. Uh, for, uh, but this, uh, Dwayne de Gronk Johnson says, for example, I love eating spoonfuls of jam, that jam, straight from the jar instead of spreading it on toast. Do you have any weird habits like this? Well, I've got one, but let's just run through the top five uh absurd and horrifying Denise Salcedo um weird food habits because I look come on mate come on you know yeah you like I don't have five you do terrible things to food Denise you do awful horrible things I dip my pizza in ranch and I'm a criminal it's so good Adam you're missing out you're missing out I don't know how to okay do they not offer is that like nobody does that in london is, is not a thing it's okay well thing. here it's even promoted in commercials okay like papa john's and like all these different places like they tell you like don't forget to get your dip like it's a thing like when you go to like pizza restrooms restrooms restaurants they ask you like <laughs> now that is an eating habit that we need to talk about <laughs> they um they like there's ranch that you can pick out like you go to sabaros you can get you know you want marinara do you like what do you want like you know, you, like denise we have we have pizza dips it's for the crusts mate That's no it's, it's for. for everything no it's not you yes. You need to taste it, Adam. It's so good. It will change your life forever. Like you won't be able to eat pizza without it. Like I get mad when they forget my ranch. I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't want to 
hell has no fury but do you do you have any others that people just kind of be like what um maybe cinnamon pretzels with cheddar cheese melted cheddar cheese i know somebody thought that was weird one time you know cinnamon pretzels right Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know like cinnabon, uh, but like cinnamon pretzels are just pretzels with cinnamon. just the pretzels, like, and they're all covered in cinnamon. I like to dip them in melted cheese, melted cheddar cheese. So good. Oh man! Someone thought I was weird one time when I yeah. went to Auntie Anne's. They were like, "You're gonna dip your cinnamon pretzel in cheddar cheese? Hell yeah, it's delicious." I also like to dip hot Cheetos in cheddar cheese. That's also really good. Oh God! Cin- like cinnamon and cheese going together—it's so good. Just what and then nap- like your mouth gets your. You need a napkin for this one because your mouth gets disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. Okay, so mine is. Uh, I think people will like the the hardcore plumpy fans will will know this fact about me. But my nostalgia food, the one that really reminds me of home, basically my mum used to make it for me once a week, and I really really like it. Uh, do you have Yorkshire puddings in uh, the states? I've heard of it, but I've never tried it. Okay, so it's basically yeah, just like light kind of batter, kind of served in like a little pudding thing um, that you normally have with like a Sunday roast, so like gravy and beef and and stuff like that so (laughs) we get yorkshire puddings six of them arrange them on a plate like a sort of little honeycomb Uh, my mum used to fill each uh, yorkshire pudding with uh, baked beans and then cover the whole thing with cheddar and then kind of put that in the microwave and that was my that was my so pudding and beans so it's not like it's sort sort of a pudding it's not sweet it's just like it's a savory kind of okay batter pastry thing with baked beans inside and cheese on top and that doesn't sound too bad i mean i wouldn't put it with like regular pudding like i would have mixed my beans with like my pudding but the way (laughs) you make it seem it sounds pretty tasty oh man this coming from you i feel like i have a question for you adam yeah do you like because okay so my uncle he's italian and he thought this was very weird okay? okay he thinks it's weird that i have pizza for breakfast with coffee Is that weird? Yes or no? Is the pizza hot or cold? Hot. That's fine. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Leftover pizza in the morning. Like, I can imagine an Italian taking offense to that, mostly because Western pizza, Italian. And I did it in Italy too, which was, I guess, pretty offensive. (laughs) Oh, the idea that you left any pizza over for the morning is terrible in itself in Italy. Um, I. No, no. uh, Cold, like, even cold morning pizza, it is a fact of life. Okay, see, uh, I won't do cold pizza ever. It has to be heated. I can't do cold. My partner loves cold pizza. I don't get it. It's so hard and stodgy. Yeah. Like you, have, you have to kind of warm it up a little bit, you know, and then, and then it's a proper breakfast snack. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's her weird eating habits. She 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 will go like there's very few leftovers that my partner is not content to have cold. Like genuinely, just like like any leftovers we had, ah, don't bother. I'll just have it. It's just like it's You're con- like what? It's congealed. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, anyway. I can't do that. Uh independent Taiwan says happy new year. Happy New Year to the entire Pledgehammer community and the rest of the talk team. Uh, thank you guys for all the things you've done in 2020. Let's hope for a much, much, much better 2021. Oh, very nice. Happy New Year to you. Realize that wasn't labeled mailbag. 
Uh, but anyway, happy new year. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, the headmaster, headman said, sorry, I had a funnier question. Name a movie, keep one actor and replace the rest with Muppets. I'll start eyes wide shut. Keep Tom Cruise. Like that's that's perfect. Like that's a. have seen this circulated on Twitter a whole bunch of times. The best one I've ever seen is Die Hard. Keep Bruce Willis and replace everyone else with Muppets. Like that is perfect. How about you? I'm not a Muppets fan. You know that. Do you know that? I'm not a Muppets fan, so I wouldn't replace any of them. Do you like any good things, Denise? No. Okay. <laughs> Why? I don't even think I don't even think I know all the Muppets' name. It's Kermit, and then the which one's the Piggy Girl again? What's her name? Piggy Girl. Piggy Girl. Uh, Mickey James. You're thinking of? <laughs> oh <No>, God, no! <laughs> I forgot. I'm blanking. Miss Miss Piggy is it Miss Piggy? Hey, yes, Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy. Okay, Miss Piggy. I'm a Piggy Girl. We are the Piggy Girls. We are... <laughs> okay, uh, so I know Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and that's my knowledge of the Muppets. Uh, Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. If you are infuriated by Denise Salcedo's lack of Muppets knowledge, go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. Get your free case of craft beer and drown your sorrows knowing that Denise is a terrible, terrible person. I would also say the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, with Andy Dufresne being the only one who is not a Muppet. Delightful stuff. Um, <laughs> Denise, every 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 week I, I like you less and less. <laughs> How sad. I'm gonna be voted the most unlikable person. <laughs> Just get I started up, started up here, went down here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, yeah, you are yeah, you yeah scum subhuman scum no i'm i'm a fan uh you know what? one day one day you will be here in los angeles eating pizza and we will play monopoly and you will dip that pizza in ranch and you're gonna have a nice bowl of hot cheetos doritos sour cream oh diet coke it's gonna be like heaven some trolleys i mean it is denise heaven some airheads, perhaps. I know that yeah. they're taffies now. I like generally a lot of people <laughs> of all of all the kind of snacks. People are like, you don't know what airheads are? It's like, no, we don't. Have, you don't have them over here. That's why it it trips me out. It completely trips me out. Uh, Callum says, uh, "Hi, hey, Danuk. Hope you had a nice Christmas and are doing well. I'm at the end of Friends, and I've been thinking about my favorite moment." And I would say it's when Joey finds out about Mor Monica and Chandler. Just the look on Joey's face is amazing. And Joey trying to hide it from everyone is hysterical. What is your favorite moment from the show? Honorable mention, the scene in the trifle episode where everyone's trying to figure out how not to eat it. What is your favorite friend's moment? Goodness me. What a question. My favorite friend's moment. Actually, I would say scene because it's the most depressing one. And I guess without spoilers, it's the one where Rachel and Ross are like fighting in the living room and they're oh, like yeah. going down the down end. That's my favorite scene. The, the most depressing one. Favorite scene. Favorite episode. Yeah. And they're all in the in Monica's bedroom. Eating the wax. Uh, eating the wax. Oh, that's a really, really good shout. Like I would say I really love the whole uh uh american football episode like the thanksgiving one i love 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 um i love oh i remember like my one of my first great like kind of friends 
moments was when Joey phones up and uh, no, uh, Chandler phones up and says, I'm current. <laughs> and Chandler understands them. Uh, yeah, and just like immediately, oh my god, he's trapped in an ATM vestibule. <laughs> like, yes, that one's good too. That one's really, really good. Such a sweet depiction of friendship. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, also, um, Ross and Phoebe trying to make out on the. Um, <laughs> Oh, the one where there, where he's like, she's like trying to like be like this temptress. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. I can't watch it. Oh no, not that one. Not that one. That oh, is not that a, one. That's 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 a that's a decent one. But no, it's the one where in the flashback where oh, Janice the flashback asks, one has, has has anyone ever almost and then I didn't like out. that episode. Really? Oh no, I, I, really I think it like it. made me uncomfortable. It's like no, these people cannot be no. Like you already have your person. Stick to that person. Just like he just when he reaches down, pulls out the things, the damn balls in the way, and it's just like, ah, oh, that's that's that'll do me, that'll do me. That that made me laugh. That gave me a <laughs> chuckle. Uh, Mr. Ollie Davis, number one fan, best jobber in the world. JJ Gyllenhaal says you got mailbag. Hello, Denise, and most likely Adam. Uh, now Goldberg isn't really liked in 2021. Oh no, it's a Goldberg question. It's good. More of Denise's terrible opinions. Uh, but like Denise, I like Goldberg. His run oh, WCW wow. okay. was awesome, expect, except for the heel turn as someone who has watched WCW 2000. When he comes out and does his match, the building becomes unglued and makes Nitro the hottest promotion on earth. His feud with Lesnar in 2016-17 was incredible and his squash match versus Ziggler was great. My question is, in your opinion, is Goldberg an icon? Have a nice day. And jam that jam. Hell yeah, he's an icon. Are you not going to comment on this? He's so an look, icon. I know. Look, yes, he's an icon. I'm no. I don't think anyone's going to deny that Goldberg. I think some people will icon. deny it. Look, there are lots of icons in professional wrestling. You know, Vince McMahon is an icon you know like not all iconography is good uh like go the indelible image of goldberg is great he has no business being on tv shoving down that Drew wasn't the question though the question was is he an icon adam <laughs> see you're doing exactly what sean does going a whole different direction i'm see that question was is he an icon yes I'm really annoyed that this is the question because I really want to go off on one about Oldberg pushing down literally the closest thing they've come to like a brand new megastar. Really, really rough. Oh, it really gets my goat is what it does. But uh, I guess, in my opinion, yes, Goldberg is a wrestling icon. Count to 10, Adam. Count one, two. <laughs> Practice some zen. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm... Oh, this is what's woken me up, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> Owen, People get really, really upset. Really, really upset. Oh, uh, like that's the thing. Is, like, I'm trying to work out. Are you just like, are you like Andy no, Kaufman? I like are, you just like, are you a troll, Denise? Is that what, no. is that what you do? Are you do you do you not believe any of these things? You just throw them out there because you just love you just love the hate. Is are you no, fueled, I do not are you love fueled the hate. by internet? You're fueled by internet misery. I see you. I don't I love you. the drama. The drama loves me. <laughs> 
I don't. I genuinely am a Goldberg fan, okay? I do not agree with what happened with The Fiend. Even though people... Because here's the thing about the internet now. Is that you say you're a fan of something. And then you're like automatically like you agree with everything. Like I'm a fan of Goldberg. That does not mean I want to see him defeat Drew McIntyre. I never once said that. And that does not mean that I agree with what happened with The Fiend. Okay? But do I like Goldberg? Yes. Am I a fan of Goldberg? Yes. Do I think he's a legend or an icon? Yes. Like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Legend, icon, sure. That he clearly uh, connects with a mainstream audience in some way, even if it is just nostalgia and, and I think pretty bad for business. Like, I can't deny that Goldberg, for, for what he has done, for the pops he has had, for being genuinely like one of the few guys that WCW made uh, like during the Monday Night Wars. Like, yeah, for sure. Just get off my goddamn telly uh owen says hey denise and adam most likely uh what do you guys think if drew pulls a sean michaels versus hogan at SummerSlam 2005 uh in his match with goldberg at the rumble where he oversells the hell out of goldberg's moveset would you lose respect for drew i think it'd be hilarious but can't decide if that would make up for goldberg beating drew what do you guys think I mean, I would like something of like what we saw with what with Brock Lesnar, like what he did there. Like that was really fun. Obviously not actually like beating him, but just something like that. That's very fast paced, impactful, you know, have, you know, come in, have Goldberg do his greatest hits, whatever. But then obviously have Drew McIntyre, the champion, look stronger, have him do his claim more, you know, do a counter. I don't know. I think they can do something short and sweet. Do you think... Goldberg's winning. No, I never. No, no. I would be shocked if they did. I would be shocked. If they, they, I, I, I can't defend that one. I'm out on that one. But you know what's funny, baby? Because I like Goldberg, people think that I automatically want him to win. And I'm like, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. But that's how everyone takes it. And I'm just like, I didn't say that. I love, I like Goldberg. I'm a fan. That doesn't mean I want him to win. You just want to sit with him, eat pizza, dip it in ranch. That's I just. Don't, like... I don't think he'd probably dip his pizza in ranch. Does he seem like the type? Maybe. Um, uh, I mean, he head <laughs> he headbutts doors for a living, so yeah, probably. To be honest, you have never gotten pumped, Adam. Never <laughs> broke something, smashed a window, put your head through a door. Yeah, what? Yeah, I'm not living my life a quarter mile at a time. Um, okay, so the question is, do you if, if Drew is booked to lose, do you think he should do a Shawn Michaels? Like, no, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Like, oh, I don't know. Because that's the thing is, I don't think Drew's got Shawn's stock. I think if he makes a protest out of it, all he does is run the risk of drawing the wrong kind of heat with management and i like i know that they are super high on drew and i do think he's going to beat uh goldberg and this and this is like one of the final things to kind of cement him as a proper superstar like that's that's why i'm hoping they're using this for and not just to pop mainstream attention going back into wrestlemania which is such a possibility um but no if, if drew's booked to lose like from everything i've seen of drew i think he'll just do it respectfully um and 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 do his job you know, like I think he's a, I, I get nothing but absolute professionalism from Drew, both kind of behind the scenes. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've worked with Drew. Like he was in, he was our WCPW champion for a very long time. The guy's super, super respectful. Um, 
apart from the time where he appeared on <laughs> in the crowd at an NXT takeover whilst being the WCPW champion, of course. But I can't really blame him for that. Like, yeah, get get yours on that on that respect. Anyway, no, I, I think he'll just he'll he'll do the job, and I pray that he doesn't have to. I don't think he will. I I just I can't see them making that mistake twice. I mean, maybe I have too much hope. I know, right? I still have hope. I don't think they will. Uh, Wrestling Talk Sign Guy says, with Hulk Hogan appearing on Legends Night, has me thinking about the way Sands view behavior away from the ring. Although people get uh, upset fairly over what Hogan said, not many people stayed upset at Lita over her actions with Matt Hardy, and no one ever really got upset with Edge. Personally, I feel actions such as like infidelity are worse than words. I have not had any respect for Edge or Lita since that. What do you feel is fair to hold against people and for how long? Were we talking about Hulk Hogan's racial comments? Yeah, and and that's sort of been uh, compared to Lita's Lita cheating on Matt Hardy with Edge. I don't. I don't think you can compare the two. No, I. I like. Like, yeah, Hulk Hogan disparages like like so many of the people. Like what what his comments done. Like, yeah, they were made in private, but what they do is is just you know they create this horrible kind of idea of like. Of, of how these legends think about some of the amazing like up and coming people of color that are in WWE and you know Hulk Hogan talks about how he gets a really cold reception every time he goes back it's like well you, you know like it I don't know man I don't think you can compare it to like like Lita and, and Matt and Edge like that was a private thing that kind of went public and it was just like yeah like if Matt Hardy and Lita are on good terms now why are you still upset right. you know like it, that's the thing uh, whereas hogan like has affected kind of so many people and like look it's up to each individual person whether or not uh, like and i mean like of all the people in the locker room like whether or not they forgive hulk hogan i'm sure some have uh, uh and others feel like hulk hogan has more work to do and that's not up to us that's up to hulk hogan and those stars and that's all there is to it but like yeah no i i i it's a it's a very thorny uh thorny issue but and really it's a whole issue here man a whole issue Uh, Robert Ray says, Happy New Year. So uh, since it is rumble season, I thought I would do a what would you rather see? Uh, These are going based uh, on both rumble matches. So let's play. What would you rather see? So basically, uh, Denise, we're going to do this quick fire. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you uh, like something, something or something. And you tell me immediately which you'd rather see. Okay. Bianca wins from number one or Rhea wins from number one. Uh, Rhea. Uh, Kevin Owens wins from number one or Daniel Bryan wins from number one? Kevin Owens. Ooh, have the Rumble winners be predictable or have two underwhelming winners? Predictable. Uh, have loads of NXT names in both Rumbles or one NXT star in both, but they have an amazing showing? Loads. Ooh, uh, the Fiend wins the Men's Rumble or Alexa wins the Women's Rumble? Uh, Alexa wins the Women's. Oh, Brock returns to win the men's or Ronda returns to win the women's. Ronda returns to win the women's. Um, New Day comes out at numbers one, two, three or Mandy and Sonya start the women's. Um, Mandy and Sonya. No, New Day. Uh, Drew loses to Goldberg, but then wins the men's rumble match uh, or uh, versus 
to to go versus Roman at WrestleMania, or Roman loses the Universal Title, then seals Jay's then steals Jay's Rumble to win. The Roman one. Fair. All right. There we go. Oh, this was stressful. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh. oh." (laughs) And uh, for the record, uh, Rhea, Daniel Bryan, uh, predictable loads, uh, The Fiend, Ronda, Mandy and Sonya, and uh, Roman. Roman. No. No. I don't know. Drew. Drew. Drew, Drew that one. All right. Uh, Liam, the Canadian invader Walsh says, Happy New Year, Luke and Denise. Good health to you both for the year ahead. My question today isn't about predicting the Royal Rumble winners, but predicting who is going to be the surprise entrance. Any ideas? My prediction is MVP will be in the ring. Then we hear a yo, 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 Brooklyn, Brooklyn, and enters JTG as a tribute to Shad Gaspard. They perform Crime Time's G9 finishing move together on someone like Ziggler, then embrace in a hug, celebrating the moment, but then MVP throws JTG over the top rope. Have a great day and hashtag jam that jam i didn't have any until he said jtg and now i kind of really want to see something like that i'd really like to see jtg in the rumble i think that'd be really really great um i don't know like who else like kind of surprise i'm sure like i hope we get to see molly i hope hope molly is in every single women's rumble forever yeah so great um in terms of surprise entrance like hmm like I can't believe we haven't had a Trish Lita moment in the Royal That's Rumble. That's true, actually. I can't believe it was it didn't happen in the first Rumble. That's insane to me. Um, Who else? I, I, I genuinely like. I, I might get hate for this. I would love Steph to be in the Women's Rumble. I would love her to come in at number thirty. And oh, just I can't like, imagine it. I feel like she's completely transitioned her role. Like she's doing all of like this, you know, business woman type of deal. Like she's doing like she's focusing very much on the business end of things. So I feel like she's trying to portray herself differently. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Um. I like in terms of people who I just like to see for one night only, like. I want to see Scotty too hotty again. Uh, I want to see Scotty and Otis have a double worm. I think that would be really nice. Like if you're just talking about little spots, like, you know, they come in, they do a thing, and then they go. I'd love to see uh, like the double worm spot with Otis and Scotty. That would be I have cool. one. I have a good one. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But what if Kurt Angle, just a quick come in, do something, erase our memory of the Baron Corbin match. A little something. Just oh, a little bit. Cena, Cena comes in, cleans house, and then Kurt Angle comes out. And we finally just have tiny little Cena versus tiny little uh, Angle moment. And that's and it. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's oh Denise. I like you again. Oh, yay. Thank you. You're welcome. That... I just fluctuate, man. I just fluctuate. <laughs> It's a real roller coaster, and that's the one we're ending on. So we are ending on Denise is good. That is how we've ended today. Um, and I do want to do want to say, of course, if you are going to be watching the Royal Rumble like we will, make sure you get yourself a crate of beer. Fifty two. Uh, the Rumble always goes better with beer. Uh, beer fifty two dot com forward slash wrestle talk for your free case of craft beer. Store cold, drink fresh. <laughs> that's your. <laughs> Why are you laughing? 
because I think that's pretty much a <laughs> I thought that was beer 52 slogan but it's just printed on the box like you should store this cold and then drink it fresh I don't know if that like <laughs> it just reminded me of Subway so like store cold drink fresh <laughs> put in the fridge fragile handled with care beer 52 these are just things I'm reading on the box uh thank you Denise for doing thank this thank you I don't Team know if Dam is here, alive and strong. Team Dam. There was a big mailbag uh, this week. We've 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 run ninety minutes. I'm very very sorry. It's half past midnight where you are. Go I'm to fine. bed. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week where it'll probably be Team Danuke, and I'm sure Denise will be very 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 happy about that. What? No, I love doing the show with you, Adam. I really really did. Mm-hmm. See, you don't believe, even when I'm nice, people don't believe me anymore. No. Ah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.